things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Greetings, Shelby, from sunny Florida. <laughs> yes, always in the news for something good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the Sunshine State, also currently the Corona State. I saw yeah. that over the weekend there was a, a day that they had 15,000 new cases, which mm, I guess is the record. the record, even surpassing New York, which I mean, testing is a lot better right, now right, right. than yeah, there yeah. than it was during the New York heyday, yeah. but even still, like... <laughs> Florida, get your act together. Yeah. I mean, maybe you'll bring your newfound, you know, New York learned wisdom to Florida and really make an impact on the state. You know, like I went to the grocery store and Target when I got down because I'm staying at like a house that's empty and there's nobody else here. So I'm basically doing the same thing that I was doing in New York just now with more space for myself, which is great. But I was at the grocery store and like most most people are wearing masks. But I think in New York, like or in in New York, there's a culture where if someone's not wearing a mask, everyone yells at them. And that has (laughs) not arrived in Florida yet. Yeah. So there was definitely a little bit of, of, (laughs) you know, like, should I give this guy a dirty look? Should I like go say something to know. him I report him to, to a manager really ready for a fight in that environment you know i think you'd be in the minority well and i'm also like who knows who has a gun here yeah, like i don't want to get exactly. shot in a target so i was just kind of like let me keep my distance yeah 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 probably safest you know know your strengths <laughs> for sure well, but you're so in glad. like the yeah. second hot spot the two of us you yeah, know i know truly so checking nice. all the boxes yeah <laughs> fun times all around um i just everyone will be like hey how have you been i'm like it's the same it's like day what 142 i honestly don't know but i'm starting to lose it rob and i yesterday were like i just want to go do something like i just want to go somewhere and we couldn't think of anything that was I was worthy. We're like, we could drive down to the coast, but then we imagined all the beaches would be crowded with dummies anyways. So then we just stayed at home and watched TV. I know you truly have. Uh, Well, and especially with it so hot, like in New York, you could kind of go out and go for walks and things. But here now I'm like, oh, there's really like, you can't just go for a walk when it's 93 degrees or whatever (laughs) like it's not as enjoyable of an experience so yeah yeah you gotta pick your battles Mm -hmm. but yeah we're doing good and um you know it was a pretty good week as far as content and pop culture stories and uh yeah so we had we were entertained also, we got a new review, which is exciting. <gasps> we did. How nice. We did. We're up to 84, FYI, everyone. Oh so, gosh. you know, if we could get to 100, that would be great. Yeah, it's like so. our 100th episode coming up. So, like, if you want to help us, like, celebrate that by helping us hit that milestone, that'd be amazing. That is true. And we have something fun and special coming to you for the 100th yeah. episode. So, get hyped for that. But, okay. So, Lindsay Glyphs said a fun listen five stars an easy to listen to podcast with insightful musings about all things pop culture shelby and matt have a great dynamic and sometimes i feel like i'm the third wheel wanting to chime in when they dislike one of my faves um Lindsay, if you you feel like we are not you know 
saying what we should be saying, or especially if you disagree with Shelby's takes and want to come to my defense, <laughs> Unlikely, you but... can always send us an email or you know shoot us a dm on social media and oh, maybe yeah, yeah, we yeah. will respond yeah definitely definitely go through our social media um i run those accounts so definitely any opinions you have i'll just filter the good ones and uh we'll just you know keep the energy in the right way for this uh for this podcast so we're at PSU wrong on twitter instagram i sometimes remember facebook exists so if you find us there, I'll, I'll I'll chime in and say hey. And if you feel like your content is being uh, censored by the <laughs> oppressive hand of Shelby Boyer, you can always DM me on my <sighs> private account, right. and I'll make sure that it gets to you know the podcast at large. So yeah, yeah, equal opportunity here, <laughs> sure. But um, Matt, I mean, I'm excited to hear what stuck out to you this week and all this celeb gossip. So tell me something I don't know. Okay. Well, there's a lot of good stories. And this is probably not the most flashy story, but I feel like I put the most work into this one. So (laughs) I need to make sure that it hits the hits the podcast did you see that brie larson launched a (laughs) youtube channel shelby i mean i did in passing i didn't pay any attention to it but please enlighten oh well shelby there is drama there is drama (laughs) surrounding brie larson's youtube channel and i am here to bring it to you so Mm. this past week brie larson launched a youtube channel which is sort of a weird move, I guess. You know, not a lot of, like, A-listers have YouTube channels. Um, And she launched with this video. It's, like, 20 minutes long of her sort of talking to all of these other famous YouTubers, like Connor Franta and Lily Singh and those science guys up in Canada and, Mm, you know, just a bunch of, like, beauty bloggers, whoever. And sort of talking about, like, well, what should my content be? And, like, oh, I want to post things that are fun i want people to know me better i also want to um you know like do some good in the world so i want to have some social justice things on my youtube channel just like talking with all of these different people Mm -hmm. um which i think people were a little bit youtubers get defensive when these big name celebrities try to like take over their platform because they feel like youtube's their own space and you know they're like working really hard and doing these things and then these big name youtuber or like celebrities come in and sort of just try to steal their thunder because they think it's an easy platform probably similarly to how we feel about you know podcasters where everybody (laughs) and their mother comes in and is like i'm gonna start a podcast it's like well this is a lot of work you know it's (laughs) it's not just like a show up and do it kind of a thing there's a lot more going on behind the scenes anyways and this is also coming right off on the heels of the news that john krasinski's youtube show about like good news or whatever was just sold for a bunch (laughs) of money to cbs so i think the youtube community was already a little bit skeptical but so brie larson launches this channel and immediately she starts getting a lot of negative feedback there's like she's getting dislikes on her videos she's getting a lot of negative comments um other youtubers are posting videos about how bad her youtube video is and one of the things that they're like pointing out 
is that throughout her video, there's this shtick of like, oh, I don't know how to do anything. Like I plugged in my mic wrong. I don't know. Like, do I have the lighting right? This is so crazy. Like you guys know so much and I'm just like getting started in this. But people pointed out that her video is like professionally edited and that there is like a lighting kit that is very clearly being used in her video. So it's like, She's claiming that she's doing this by herself, but very obviously there is a lot of production behind it already. There are producers who are working on it. And also she got in touch with all of these big name YouTubers. So it's like clearly her like PR team or whatever her agents set all of this up for her. So it's not like she's a homegrown YouTube account. It's not like Florence Pugh's cooking videos where it's clearly just like her in the kitchen doing her thing. Like this is very well produced. But so then people started realizing that some of her negative comments about her started disappearing and that she was like flagging comments that were negative as hateful. And then also that she was reporting videos that were negative about her video to YouTube as like harassment. And so then those were getting taken down. So now there's this whole kind of uh, anti breach Brie Larson thing going on on YouTube and she hasn't posted a second video yet which I don't know if that was originally the plan or not but also now there's all of these um, videos about how I guess Brie Larson was sort of getting a reputation for being sort of like cold and I don't know just like privileged and kind of rude and that they thought that or that this YouTube uh, mm-hmm. channel is trying to like rehab that image to make her seem like more down to earth and friendly and less privileged, which I don't know. I sort of always liked <laughs> Brie Larson, but yes, it is interesting to see all of this going on. So Man, I, I, yeah, I have mixed feelings about that. I think um, I had seen her like a clip on Twitter and the most hate I see Brie Larson get is from like Marvel, Marvel yes. heads who just like mm-hmm. hate her for whatever weird sexist reason. And so part of me is like, oh, that's kind of like rough. I, I mean, it, it is kind of problematic if she's using her name power to like silence criticism. <laughs> but I will say that she has been unfairly targeted by a lot of just misogynistic energy and I wonder how much that's translating but it sounds like a lot of it is just YouTubers who just aren't fans <laughs> well and and like her you know her initial video automatically she's getting is like monetized right. yeah. and for actual YouTubers it usually takes you a while to like get up a big enough base yeah. that then you're paid for it yeah. so I think and I th- also I saw people saying like you know she's just doing this because she has nothing else to do and she's bored. And then once Corona's done, she's going to go back to her normal life, which is like, okay, (laughs) yes. uh, Same for me. Yeah. It's like, we all joined TikTok for like a solid week there. Like, what do you want from us? You know? Oh, I'm still on TikTok. (laughs) I've, I've got, when the all the tiktokers uh you know bought all of those trump or got yeah. all the tickets at the trump rally or whatever that sort of lured me back in mm. and now i've gotten rehooked. there oh. is this woman called paradise bartender and she's <sighs> this hawaiian woman who lives in hawaii and just posts these like uh videos of her making random drinks <sighs> and she's so endearing and earnest and the videos are sort of like very mellow and entrancing that I'm finding them good like therapy I'll just sit there and watch her make like 16 different drinks in a row and 
Yeah, we'll it's it's very it strange, but I'm Ugh. yeah, you know, TikTok is just <laughs> it's there when I need it and it's helping me in strange ways. Yeah. Well, if Brie Larson turned to YouTube for some quarantine peace and quiet, I mean, maybe that's why she hasn't come back. It's just the it it would be rough. Like obviously, you know, celebrities are privileged and pretty white women are privileged and like it's I get the criticism, but it's also like it's, you know, everyone's just trying to survive. And it doesn't sound like she was trying to be fake. And I, I think she gets a bad rap for a lot of different reasons. And and it would it would be tough to try and break into anything like that and just be judged off of, <laughs> you know, some celebrity status of when we really don't know much about her personal life. Like, I, I feel like she's a pretty private person in general, but I'm sure she'll survive, too. So... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It was, I mean, she was in, she's been a child actor for a while, you know, so like pop up and things and just like small roles. She was in that movie Hoot, like way back when. But I mm. feel like she really didn't become popular at all until Room. And then it was basically mm. like Room and Captain Marvel. Like, was mm. she in another she in, big thing? Oh, not a big thing. I don't know. I I saw her in Short Term 12 and I like loved her. Oh, yeah. That. She's good in that. But, but yeah, like, I think... Is she a nepotism? Like I don't know. <laughs> I feel like if, like she's a celebrity, but is she that big of a celebrity? Oh, you know what I mean? In, she was in King Kong Skull Island. Oh, I did see that. That was a disaster. <laughs> that yeah, was bad, that. but people liked it actually. You know, so. But it's not like Jennifer Aniston or someone is starting a YouTube. Like Brie right. Larson feels like she hasn't done enough that she like could feasibly start a YouTube channel. Yeah, like Brie Larson could easily be someone who. 10 years from now nobody knows who she is because her <laughs> career like sort of didn't pan out okay. you know Ooh, maybe yeah yeah um but speaking of uh careers and maybe not panning out the way they envisioned um i brought this news originally a few episodes ago but lady antebellum oh yes. aka lady a as we talked about a real a blues artist who's existed for uh, over a decade goes by Lady A and has gone by Lady A and reached and and vocalized how concerned she were was by Lady Antebellum's move to change their name to Lady A. And um it seemed like Lady Antebellum had been like, oh we definitely want to respect this. Like we you know, Black Lives Matter hashtag like amplify black voices, like sure. But unfortunately it took a pretty negative turn this week um i'm just gonna call them lady antebellum for clarity's sake but yes um basically the headline was that antebellum decided to sue lady a after all um for the rights to the name which is exactly what people were concerned they would end up doing and which basically just throws any of this idea that they are changing their name out of the goodness of like worrying about black people out the window like it's just a very cringe hypocritical nasty thing to do um the headline was a little misleading because according to the story it wasn't so much that they were suing for like the copyright of the name they had already trademarked the name lady a but they were suing lady a because they felt she was um extorting them for an insane amount of money because the way antebellum talks about it is um, that they'd reached out to Lady A and they were really, they were really insistent that they wanted to work together. Like they didn't want to take away her name or her, you know, branding or anything like that. And in fact, they were trying to make a 
collaboration and like really connect together and like help each other out. And they wanted to really help the black community feel heard. But then Lady A, for reasons Antebellum did not clarify in their statement, sued them for $10 million. And so, or no, she asked for $10 million. And so Lady Antebellum was like, whoa, this is just, that's just unfair. So to protect us, we had to counter sue her. Like it's something we had to do and it's unfortunate, but we didn't want to do it. It's, it's just a messy situation, (laughs) which is like, okay, interesting complication. But then lady a was interviewed and was like, that is not the full story. They, they reached out and were like, oh, we're fine with you keeping the name. And she pointed out rightfully that lady a is now all Lady Antebellum when you Google her. Like, it's very hard to find Lady A's blues music on any platform because Lady Antebellum just has such a huge historic audience and, like, just, you know, owns the (laughs) search engine optimization Mm -hmm. there. And so she said that after discussions with Antebellum, she realized that she would need to rebrand and asked for $5 million to do that um, rightfully and to to get recognition for her new name and on top of that she asked for five million to go towards black artists and um, sort of funding this work that they said they were so passionate about and so now it's just like a, a sort of a he said she said but most people believe <laughs> Lady A in this situation um, because Lady Antebellum pulling this move just feels a little too on brand for someone who thought Lady Antebellum was a good name in the first place. So um, it's some unfortunate news and it really just, it's just one of those things where I'm like, how are Lady Antebellum not thinking about the optics of this? Like there's no way, like I'm sure $10 million is a lot for this country duo, like sure. But negotiate it on the down low, like figure it out there. Don't sue in court this blues woman who's been working. And it just like, it's just so cringe that these, you know, these privileged white country artists can be like, oh, well, this is, this is our only choice. This is all we can do. We were just being extorted. Like it's so unfair to us. We have to protect ourselves. It's like, no, you still have the power here. And it's, and it's proven in how these news articles are originally sharing the story. Well, and Lady Antebellum has said, oh, well, we copyrighted the name Lady A back in like 2010 or something. And the blues singer Lady A never approached us about this. And it's like, yeah, well, she didn't know, obviously. Like, there was no reason for her to be aware (laughs) of this. Um, So, of course, she didn't reach out to you. And, yeah, just what you were saying about the optics. Like, to be changing your name to prove that you're not (laughs) racist and then to turn around and extort a black woman for money it's like i don't think that this is a good look for you well and if they've copyrighted if they trademarked the name a decade ago it sort of implies that they knew at some point they'd have to change their name well apparently it's because like fans would like that's use it and so yeah like i'm sure that (laughs) taylor swift has a bunch of you know random like other sort of adjacent things also Mm. uh copyrighted i mean i think a lot of brands do that just in case they ever need to you know (laughs) do whatever um 
so if they want to launch like a perfume line and call it Lady A or something, like they can do that. Yeah. But yeah, it, it and I think especially it looks bad when when this news story came up immediately everyone's thoughts were like well i hope they don't screw over this yeah <laughs> blue singer and then they immediately do it like not a week later yeah. it's just uh, it's so cringy yeah. and maybe like they're banking on a their audience really not caring or b like their audience not knowing that this is going on you know i mean it's like right. a legal matter so maybe you're thinking well people listening to my stuff on Spotify aren't going to like really be paying that much attention, but you do have to look at, there will be some long-term repercussions of this. You know, now, anytime I think of Lady Antebellum, like this story is going to be in my mind. So I'm going to be less likely if they have a new song come out or something to be like, Oh, well let me go check that out where previously maybe I would have, I mean, probably not because it's country music, (laughs) but you know, yeah no it's just again just that's the strangest thing about like these celebrity missteps in the light of black lives matter it's like these these optics are so bad and it's at a time when it's truly like amplified for good reason everyone's eyes are on like um you know black rights and figuring out uh representation and um protecting these voices and elevating these stories and so it's just like how are they not thinking ahead like to the like the long-term impression these will leave because it's just like anyone could have seen this and we did see it from a mile away that this would be a bad look and now it's just tarnished Lady Antebellum's good faith move of of changing their name and echoes this concern that all these gestures end up being pretty empty when push comes to shove and these white people aren't actually willing to put in the money or the time or the education to really like prove that they believe what they, what they're saying. I mean, I think this just goes to your theory that you uh, launched with the JK Rowling story that like (laughs) rich people are just really dumb. Yes. Um, Because like how, can they think that this is a good move? It's like, are they so disconnected from like social media and what people are saying about them that they think this is fine? Like did some lawyer or whatever bring this story to them on their yacht and say, Hey, like we think that you should sue them. That's the smart decision. And they have no idea what's going on in the media. So they're like, Oh, well, if the lawyer said that that's good, then that's good. Like just who is, like who is approving this? You have to think that they have teams of people who are working on this stuff. And the fact that no one is really addressing it just feels crazy to me. Yeah, no, it's uh it's wild because I think it just goes to this point that it's it's easy for people to be like I'm not racist, but they don't really examine like their own you know, biases or problematic behavior or the ways they're holding up institutions that promote racism, however subtly. And so when you have but this these... isn't even subtle, I know, you know, like I understand <laughs> yeah. sometimes when people it's like, OK, they wrote a book and there's a black character in the book. And then you know, it's like right. it's like the black best friend stereotype or something like that feels like something that you could sort of do accidentally, like meaning well, but then not 
understanding the repercussions of it. <laughs> yeah. This like is very blatant to me that this yeah. is bad. I know, but that's the that's the thing that's shocking is like I'm sure Lady Antebellum is like, we're not racist. We're just we just have a business. Like we have to protect our business. And they don't like recognize like, yeah, maybe ten million is too much, but I'm sure there's ways to work this out without going straight to a court that will usually, you know, systematically hasn't been that protective of the smaller person you know so it's just like no one paused to think about it because i think in their minds it's not race related it's like business it's money it's it's capital like it's you know i think they just can they're privileged enough to be able to compartmentalize the two and it it leads to these messy situations but like they they're the ones who are encroaching into her territory. I mean, maybe <laughs> yeah. not technically legally because they copyrighted the name or whatever. Yeah. But it's like if it if if she's asking for ten million dollars and they feel like that's too much, they can't afford that, and they can't negotiate with her for some you know lesser amount, then it feels like the options are okay. We'll either keep Lady Antebellum or come up with a new name <laughs> right. that doesn't you know. It's like if you're changing your name already, it yeah. feels like you would come up with some other version of this that is different, yeah. you know? And you'd come out looking even smarter because you listen to the black woman who's like, um, actually, I've been Lady A for a while. Can you please not? And so, and plus is like, what kind of change is Lady A anyways? It's just an empty gesture and it's just looking messier and messier. So who knows how they'll come out of this, but I'm sure they'll survive. You know, <laughs> that's just how yeah. these stories go. Cancel um, culture. <laughs> okay. Another really weird story uh, is this like Jada Pinkett Smith, Will yes. Smith drama that's been going on. Uh, so I guess rumors like have been floating around a while that Jada Pinkett Smith a couple of years ago had an affair with this rapper, August Alcina, mm-hmm. um, who I had never heard of before. <laughs> um, but he's much younger than her. He's like in his twenties. She and she's in her forties. I think Will's maybe in his fifties at this point. Um, so th- that she had had this affair while she was married to Will Smith because they've been married since the nineties at some point. And so I guess that this sort of like these rumors just reached ahead, and Jada and Will decided that they were going to sit down on Jada's. Like talk you or Facebook talk show the red table or whatever, which we've talked about before on the show, mm-hmm. and just sort of like hash out these rumors. And Jada ended up saying that yes, she did have. Well, she said I got into an entanglement with August, which yeah. is like who? What does that mean exactly? <laughs> but that it was during some time where her and Will were sort of like on the rocks, but now they're back together, stronger than ever, and that now they have converted that what they call a marriage into something called a life partnership. And August said that he thought that it was like an open relationship, and that Will sort of gave him permission mission to have this affair mm-hmm. with Jada because now their marriage is some kind of str- like an open thing where they're like legally married and they're friends but they can sort of like sleep with whoever they want <laughs> which is just such a strange Hollywood kind of relationship setup and I feel like everyone watching this was just like this is very weird <laughs> and scratching their heads about it yeah i mean it was weird because yes august came out with his story jada immediately kind of was like that's not true we'll never like sort of highlighting the emphasis on 
this idea that Will Smith somehow blessed this affair. But then it was like, I've heard weird rumors about Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith's marriage and family life forever. So I was just sort of like, yeah, this will be dead in the water. Like it's a dumb story. Move on. But then Jada Pinkett Smith is like, yeah, I'm bringing myself to the red table. And it was weird to watch because Will Smith seemed very not into it. Like he seemed very tired or just unhappy to be there. And not that he should be stoked, but it sort of it sort of made that sort of like, why are they doing this? Like, what is this accomplishing? It felt just kind of, I don't know, like messy to be witnessing this discussion in a marriage that I'm sure still has some weird feelings around it. Because yes, Will was like, we were separated at the time. It's all good. But Jada was like, no one gives me permission to have sex except me. And so it was like weird that she was still defensive and he was still like, timeline matters and like it was all just kind of uncomfortable and ultimately I was just like did we need this like honest conversation like was anyone hard-pressed to like really dig in on this story well I think that they didn't want Jada to seem like a cheater because Will Smith's brand is very like family friendly (laughs) so And Jada's by extension. So I think they didn't want her to seem like she was cheating on him, even though she is in a way. But also at the same time, by bringing this all to light and saying, oh, well, she wasn't really cheating. It's this open relationship. Then that also, I think, hurts Will Smith's brand because, like, you know, my mom is going to be like, well, that's weird. I'm not into that. (laughs) Wait, but they Uh, didn't say they didn't confirm it's an open marriage, did they? Or you're saying they were worried that's where the rumor would take it? Well, no, I think I mean, I don't think that they like they sort of danced around it. But in general, there's the like the stuff that August said was that that they um, that that Will Smith gave permission and they did have talked about how they don't call whatever the two of them have anymore a marriage that it's now a life partnership which is like well why like why are you changing that language that's strange so i think it is sort of like well now will and jada are married but they're you know doing whatever they want (laughs) on the side i think they made it i think the reason for the red table talk was exactly to sort of squash that idea and be like i was separated we were we were broken up for all intents and purposes we'd given permission to go do whatever we wanted i had this affair realized i was still wanting to work things out with will broke off with august got back together with Will Smith, and now we're in this marriage that's elevated beyond all marriages. But I didn't get the vibe that that implied they were they were like open oh, to anything. I <laughs> I got I got a very different vibe from that. I thought when they were talking about like this elevated marriage that it was sort of like a, we are now so connected as humans that it's <laughs> almost like beyond the romantic sexual level. It's like into some kind of like overarching connection and then that the two of them you know can sort of do whatever they want but they're still like in love with each other Mm. in a more like spiritual sense curious i'll have to do a poll on on instagram and twitter and really get a sense for that reading i I like know somebody who (laughs) is they they have what's called like a platonic life partner Mm. which is like 
if I had a girlfriend, but she wasn't a girlfriend, she was just like a good friend who I like lived with and did everything with. And she like came to family functions and whatever, but we just weren't romantically involved, which I was like, that's also an interesting, like, you know, angle. So I guess maybe this is now what Will and Jada are something more like that. Well, we'll just have to wait and see uh, the next time they bring themselves to the red table. So, Oh my gosh, we are going so long today. <laughs> These stories are just giving and giving and giving. We got to get yeah. to the love it or hate it. What because, do you got? Um, okay, so I, I hope you're not planning to bring this up. Um, but I started, I binge watched uh, the new Babysitter's Club on Netflix. <laughs> Oh, darn. That was what I was going to talk about. You know that I love the Babysitter's Club. I don't know. I honestly, I'd seen the movie, but I never was like, I didn't read the books. I wasn't like a fan of the original. Like, I didn't know the original TV show. So I didn't have an attachment to the Babysitter's Club. But my friend had been like, it's actually pretty cute. I was pretty bored. And I started watching it. And it was like so tender and i think it it reminded me of a lot of our concerns with love victor which is sort of like who is this for and i loved that this show like worked so well for like kids like it starred children like they looked like they were in seventh grade and they were all like very good at what they were doing and bringing to the table and it was like a diverse cast they had such interesting quirky cute characters and then their friendship was so sweet and believable and all of it was just so tender and pure and just they managed to work in like these social issues like transgenders and um uh racism and and environmentalism and like all this stuff that can feel sort of preachy when done in tv shows and like these sort of children shows especially but they felt so like organic and natural here and it was never like overdone like there's a there's a scene where there's like a little a little boy and he's like yeah i my first love was like sam and i i liked him so much and it was just like a passing reference to it being you know, a a gay relationship. And it's just like, it just felt so nice to see something done so, so well. And like, without the usual heavy handedness that you sometimes get with these conversations and these like PSA moments. And um, it was also on top of that, just a well produced show and just kind of fun to watch. And the adults were quirky and cute, but not annoying. And so I was really impressed. And I've got to say Netflix has been really like bringing the A game lately. And I think this is another, another thumbs up for them. Netflix. I mean, they, they got that big money and they're coming for it. Yeah. Also, it helps them that they're the only people who have content right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I heard people on a podcast I listened to talking about how good the babysitters club was. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I have so many things to be watching that I don't think I will ever get to this, but I am glad that it is good and I'm glad that people are enjoying it. So thank you. It's exciting. (laughs) Okay. What about you? So I have been watching, I just finished the new season of search party, which is currently on HBO max. Did you ever Mm. watch this show? No, I haven't. I see ads, but I honestly don't know what it is. Oh my gosh, it is such a joy. Um, so the the third season's on HBO Max. The first two seasons aired on TBS um, oh, for whatever okay. reason, and then and then yet yeah, now it then it got bought our 
by HBO Max or it was owned by Warner Brothers or whatever. Who knows? Who cares? So the first season is basically this group of like Brooklyn millennials who are sort of very vapid and self-absorbed and sort of like don't really have a lot going on in their life. And so they cling on to this missing person that they went to college with that they never really knew that well but somehow or another now that she's missing they're like oh she was my best friend and i was so close to her and so they decide they're going to you know form a search party that's the title and figure out what happened to this girl just because basically they don't have anything better to do so the first season is just like a mystery and it's so funny it's like one of the most hilarious shows that i've seen in the past you know (laughs) number of years and it just like skewers like millennial culture and like the brooklyn type people it's so good and so anyways through like a series of mishaps season three which just came out is a like courtroom drama one of the group is accused of murder and so it's this uh like it's it's again very funny version of a court case where like one of them has this lawyer who is sort of like a fresh out of college like a millennial lawyer who's very concerned about like what she's gonna look like and speaking to the jury and then one of them sort of like doesn't have money for a lawyer so they get this old guy who like doesn't really know what's going on it's just very funny and it's great because it inter wove uh, millennial humor with like courtroom like law and order kind of humor which are just two things that I feel like don't really go together very often and it's just like immaculate every episode is great the third season is just as good as the first two I think um and it's joyfully only like 20 minute long episodes so it's one of those things that you can just like binge through so quick and it's just so fun and it's a comedy but it has a plot to it which i also like because you know a lot of sitcoms and stuff don't really have that so yeah i can't say enough good things about search party also it's sort of weird because it's shot in new york and it was written by like a new york uh comedy writer Mm -hmm. so it's just full of all people from like the new york improv scene (laughs) in all of these small roles so it's like my improv coach is in it like a lot of people i've seen are in it so it's fun for me to watch but i think that's you know like beside the point i think one day you could be in it season five i know truly coming your Uh. way do you need like a dumb podcaster to show up in an episode? <laughs> Here I am. Yeah, someone at the Seven Eleven chugging Slurpees. You got him. Okay, well, the, yeah, truly, this episode has gone so long. Blame it on, uh, you know, Jada Smith yeah, and uh, the <laughs> racism. Truly, always dragging us down as a culture. Um, we'll be back on Thursday to talk about the new Netflix movie, The Old Guard, starring Charlize Theron. Uh, and yeah, leave us a review. Follow us on social media. We'll see you then. Bye.